Welcome to Beholder Beauty, where we talk about all things beauty. And our topic is Beauty and Confidence with author, speaker, and podcaster, Michelle Bowman. Michelle Bowman is an empty nest wife, a mom and a grandma that lives full-time in an RV. And you love encouraging women to put their confidence in Christ and not things of this world. You help women break free from the lies that they believed and find freedom in the truth of God's word. And you've written a book, which I love. It's right here. Women, where is your confidence? We met on Instagram and I was immediately drawn to your page and your authentic heart and then your sense of humor. I just thought you were perfect for my podcast and my audience. We're just going to start with something real fun. Okay. What's your favorite lipstick or lip balm? Okay. Well, if it's anything pink, I'm in. I use different ones, but I like hot pink, but I don't wear it very often because then you look like a clown. If you eat food or drink, you look really hilarious. So I wear a light pink lip balm. I use different ones, but I like flavored ones. I know some people will say, well, they're not healthy because you don't know what's in them. But sometimes just some coconut oil makes a great lip balm. That's something I learned at few years back and you add a little beeswax to it and make your own lip balm it's really easy if you want natural stuff that's one way to do it i love that that's a really good tip so let's see you have a very intriguing story and i just would like to know and i'm sure my audience would like to know how did you start living a life as a confident christian woman all right so it took me honestly over 40 years to get to this point, which is crazy that it took that long. I am 57 years old and I was raised in a very dysfunctional family. And I learned so many bad habits about being a woman and the way the world views us and how we should act, how we should dress, how we should think. And uh, fast forward to being a believer struggle with realizing that self-confidence that we're taught from the world is a lie. It, we can't put confidence in ourselves as the world teaches because most of it comes from the way you look, your clothing, your size, your age, your hair, your career. I got saved at 17, but it took me close to 40 years to learning what true confidence was as a child growing up in a dysfunctional family and I struggled with body image and then in high school struggled with anorexia you know had all these subscriptions I had teen magazine glamour and mademoiselle and I looked to those pages to see what was supposed to be and that was ingrained in my head and that over years from tv ads One of my favorite quotes, there's nothing new under the sun, but most of the lies we believe come from people we never meet. And that's advertisements, whether it be in magazines or on the TV, or now social media has added so much 
to that when it comes to, oh, this is how we're supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to look and act and all those things. So a couple of years ago, I was just thinking about self-confidence is not, that's not godly. That is not from God. That is not something he wants us to have. And I was in a network marketing business and there's nothing wrong with network marketing. So if anybody's listening, I'm not dissing network marketing. But the one I was in, there were a lot of teachers who taught self-confidence. That's how you get more followers and that's how you get more uh, customers. And I was like, that does not sound like the word of God. I sat down and started writing the book, Woman, Where Is Your Confidence? And thinking about the things that I had put my own confidence in like my looks or how many people are following me. Oh, well, she's got 10,000 followers. I have only got 4,000. Oh, I need to follow more people. I need more people following me to be accepted. And that was wrong thinking. So writing the book, Woman, Where's Your Confidence? As I was doing that, the first couple of months, I thought, this needs to be a podcast too, because this is an ongoing thing that I just need to keep talking about. And I love talking. So I write like I talk. Some people do that. So that is how all this came about. And now I, I've realized there are so many women and girls and men. There's men that struggle, but I'm not going to write a book for men. They're, some man's going to have to do that. <laughs> but struggle with what is self-confidence and what is true confidence in Christ alone. On page seven, you write about that. And I love this quote. It's time to renew your mind and break free from the old think way of thinking. And if you ever doubted your worth based on anyone or anything outside of your identity in Christ, that's about to change. I love how you point us to our confidence to be in Christ. Right. Because things of the world and things that we put our confidence in, like whether it be a marriage and if you ha ever had a failed marriage, which I was married before to someone else, and that marriage failed, and you put your confidence in what that person thinks about you, and then when you realize what they think about you is not good, that can really mess with your confidence and mess with your mind. That's why we can't put it in people, places, or things. It has to be in who God says we are as believers, what the Bible says about us, and who we are in Him. Sounds like we have a little bit of the same backstory. I think I'm a decade back, but same thing. I wonder if the same things are happening to young girls of today, especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional household where you were doubting your worth anyway, right? Whether you were loved. And so then you go out into the world and no matter how you try to match up, there's always those voices from the past. Plus with how the world kind of wants you to fail so it can sell you things. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the main purpose of all these skincare, hair, all the things. It's someone trying to sell you something. And yeah, I use skincare. I use makeup. I use these things, but I don't fall into the trap of this is going to make me more accepted. This is going to make me more beautiful without any makeup on, without my crazy curly hair. When I first wake up in the morning, 
I am already beautiful. I'm still beautiful, no matter what. And that's where, as women of God, we have to believe that and see that and stop letting the world tell us what to believe about ourselves. I agree. Another favorite quote, are you still believing the lie that you are less than because you do not have the perfect face? I grew up feeling that way, and I'm sure most people did because we grew up in the generation of the magazines. And nobody really looked like that in person as a makeup artist for film and television. I see what people look like when they come in. Most of them are beautiful, but we do have discoloration or we do have blemishes. My goal is always to put them out there like they don't have any of that. And really, there's a reason for that. It's called continuity so that they don't distract from you looking at them. Because it has to be day to day, they have to look the same. So they can have a blemish one day and, and then the next day not have one. Right. There's sort of a, an okay reason behind some of that. But there's also that you're making somebody look possibly different than they really do look. I think as long as we know that as viewers watching things, then we don't get caught up in all that. I, I totally agree. I see some of these famous people show themselves when real. And I love that. Some of them do show their real face and hair and just how things are when they're not looking airbrushed. You know, mm -hmm. airbrushing back in the 70s and 80s, that was the first filters before there were ever any filters. But we didn't know that. I didn't know anything that, about airbrushing, that that was a thing back then as a teenager. I'm seeing all these girls my age and women in their 20s and they have this perfect glowing skin and no flaws whatsoever. You talk about social media. You say that it's a blessing and it's a curse. So let's first curse. Okay. Because the majority of what you see on a lot of these influencers or even wannabe influencers is not their whole picture of their life. You, they had the perfect white kitchen, but they've threw, thrown all their clutter over into another corner or they've used four or five filters to filter their face. They make everything look perfect. They don't look like that all the time. Their house, unless they have made and a nanny, which some do, but unless they have a maid and a nanny, their house is not perfect. Everything's not spotless. There are things hidden. They've got stuff in their closet and they've got junk in their, their closet, just like we do. They deal with sadness and sorrow and things. We, you just don't a lot of times see it. The curse because we think, oh, well, my house doesn't look like that. I don't have that perfectly white kitchen. That was one of the things when we first got our RV and we chose the dark wood. My husband was like, I don't want the light wood. I like the dark wood. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And then I started seeing all these people with online, all these people I was following and they had the white and the light cabinets. And then I started allowing myself to think we're not cool like them because we have the dark wood. And that is so crazy comparison one of the biggest traps that's the negative side of social media and the blessing 
the blessing is that we can encourage each other and we can talk about these things, that there are women who are sharing good things. There are people who are showing real life that are being a positive influence and encourage each other and share, hey, this is real life. This is the way things are. I have two different Instagrams. One is the Confident Christian Women. And I've had that Instagram for almost 10 years. It's crazy when I think about it. And I have like over 4,000 posts. But my other Instagram, I started at the beginning of the year because one thing that I have struggled with majority of my life, like since I was like seven years old, was my body image and weight. And I've lost weight before. I was 30 years old, got to a size 10, felt great. Then I gradually started gaining weight again. Now in my 50s, I want people to see this is real life. This is me. At the moment, I am 220 pounds. I used to would be so terrified to say that out loud to a group of people. I wouldn't show my full body. I would hide behind things and hide behind people in pictures. Or I would tell my kids to crop the pictures. Cut me off. Only show the neck up. But I can use social media now. I show my full body. I wear a size 18. I want women to see the real you is being seen out in the real world anyway. Stop hiding. This is real life. We are real people. And we don't have to have the so-called perfect size to be an influence, to help other women, and to make an impact. I love that because I... I definitely struggle with that. My my husband and I used to live in Los Angeles. Lost any weight that we possibly had on us. And held for about eight years. Then we moved to Georgia. Well, we got a smoker. And then we just started working a whole bunch too. When we work, our schedule gets very crazy. Also, there's a thing called craft service, which is just enormous amounts of food all the time available. And you're tired, so you want to eat. And you're bored, so you want to eat. <laughs> And you're insecure. Food, so you food is good. Food is good. I'm so, you know, I love food. I love food. I put on some of it back, but I found myself not showing my body, kind of going, well, I'll show it when I, when I lose 10 more pounds. But in the, I would say, few months, I've been showing it because it's more in our imagination. I, I don't know who your quote was from, but I know that Dale Carnegie said that. People aren't thinking about you. as much as you think they are. They're not, you are not the center of attention. Yeah. So who are we hiding from? Is it ourselves that we're hiding from? Is it God we're hiding from? I look back at every age I've been thinking that I was bigger than I was. And then I would look back at pictures and I'm going, oh no, you guys are truly good. So now I'm 64 years old. And every time I take a picture, I say, you appreciate that because tomorrow you're going to be older. <laughs> so really learning to appreciate where God has us and the body he has us in and the lessons we're going through and just to, to love the body, to take really good care of it like you write about in your book. Not advocating, not taking care of it. No, definitely not. I mean, I've lost 35 pounds since the beginning of the year and I... At the age where I want, when I'm in my 60s, Lord willing, or 70s, Lord willing, I will be able to move and walk. And that's why I exercise. So that's why I walk or do 
a cardio dance class or lift weights. I love lifting weights. And I do these things because I don't want to be hunched over and have this waddle where I can't move and have physical disabilities as I get older. I want to be able to have energy and do these things and do the things that God has for me to do. That is why I work out. I want to, I want to do things so that I can be able to be my best for him. Well, and I think that is the best way to look at it because that leads to health. That leads to, to eating the right foods, to moving our bodies properly, to loving them, to appreciating them. One of the biggest things that I see so many of the Hollywood stars that were so cute, like when they were in their 20s and they did movies 30, 40 years ago, like Top Gun, Meg Ryan. And now I see them trying to still be young by, and I'm just going to say it, by injecting themselves with getting Botox and getting stuffed under their face. I would love to tell them, you're a beautiful woman. You don't have to do that. You don't have to compete. You are your own person. And I, I want all women, whether it's wrinkles, age spots, you know, I've got a few over here. You might, I don't know, you know, and sometimes you can see them through my foundation and I'm like, I don't care. I, I am 57. I thank God for letting me live to this age. Some people don't get that. And as I get older and my mom's and everybody says me and my mom look a lot alike. And my mom is 76. And it's funny because I'm like, well, that's what I look like. So I think, oh, well, that's just part of life. I, I agree with you. I remember I was in my 20s and I was riding the bus in Los Angeles and there was a beautiful older woman on the bus. Her skin was just glowing and she had this long white hair. And I just looked and I thought, that's who I want to look like when I'm old. I want to look like, glow like her. I want to look like her. And then I have a couple of aunts on my husband's side that were just these wonderful women who love God so much. I think it's just good living and loving God. I think you're going to glow. Right. Now, I believe in skincare. Take care of your face, definitely. But the friends that I know that have played around that, that are my age, look older than me because, and this is just my personal theory, is that if you freeze gravity for a second, for six months and then it drops you will get to certain milestones where you'll go oh my gosh i'm look older now but then about a couple of weeks later it you settled into it and you look you're you know what i'm saying so it's a form of gravity and i think if and i don't know if that's even the right word but if you um freeze that for a moment in time and you take it away i just don't think the skin knows what to do with that right it's had any time to adjust. I totally get what you're saying. If you're getting yours from God, then I think you're not going to be as swayed into trying some of those things. Right. No, I agree. Like I have highlights on my hair. I have maybe 15, 20 gray hairs. That's it. So it's still dark. I have friends who have gray hair, but they don't, they dye their hair. And like my mom, she has, she has maybe 30 30 gray hairs. So I guess I get it from her. But I, I love the silver and gray. I love that beautiful silver hair. When I see a woman 
that has the silver hair, that has the gray hair, that has led her hair just go grow out. And I'm like, I love it. It's beautiful. I want to make sure they hear that because they need to be encouraged that it's okay <laughs> for them to be themselves. When I got so caught up in worrying about what other people thought about what I was wearing, what I was doing. And it was when I was involved in network marketing because I was trying to attract customers and that was what was on my mind all the time. And it was then, you know, so the internet, you're on here and it's like, okay, I need to worry about what this looks like. How does this look? Okay. And I was one of those people that would shove things over to the side, fix the lighting, fix this. And it was, and when I started thinking about, okay, this is just crazy. I don't want to be like this. This is too much. This is too hard. As I started writing the book and it was like, okay, I was one of those people and I don't want to be that way. I don't want to compare myself because one of the biggest things that when you realize there is no one else like you in this entire universe, that is so freeing. Every part of you is different and unique. You are a one of a kind. So you don't have to be a copy. You don't have to look like anyone else. You don't have to act like anyone else. You are one of a kind original. And you, when you find contentment in that and realize, like, wow, okay, I don't have to compare myself with anyone else because there is no comparison. I am a one of a kind, unique creation. Guilt and action steps. Say I'm about my day and all of a sudden I see other people or other women or situation. Something that just makes me all of a sudden feel unwell or not down you feeling that makes you retreat. What's an action step that for those of us who do love God and we do want our confidence in him and do want him so much? What can we do to, to stop that in its track? Okay, one of the biggest things that holds us back and causes us to retreat, think all these wrong thoughts that don't line up with what God says is fear of not being accepted, fear of being criticized, all these things. Fear keeps us from being who God wants us to be, walking out the confident Christian woman. It's fear, fear of acceptance, fear of ridicule, fear of failure. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Don't let fear take you captive. You have to remember fear is a liar. And that's what that is in you. When you start retreating, you start not doing what God has called you to do or not being bold and speaking and just being yourself, being your silly self, being like you said, my sense of humor. Sometimes I'm just goofy and that's who I am. And I'm okay with that. So remember that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If you memorize any scripture this year, let it be second Timothy one, seven. It's crazy when that happens because I still like every now and then I have to catch myself and I'm like, what are you doing? That's, that is not of God. You are listening to a lie. I have to just correct myself in that way. And I have to say that I'm very grateful that since God has helped me with 
learning where my true confidence comes from, that it's just natural for me now. And I'm confident at church and places and everywhere I go. I was so excited when our college pastor at church asked me if I would be interested in mentoring a female college student and she's a believer. And I was like, I would love to. And I was so excited. He said, a lot of these girls just, they need someone to encourage them. And I said, oh yeah, that's great. I'm your girl. Because now I'm like, I don't think of about, oh, well, what if they think I'm stupid? What if they think, oh, she's old? I don't think that way at all. I'm like, if they want to be mentored by me, I'm like, okay, God has given me this to do. And obviously I have something as older women, we have to remember, we do have something to share. We are very valuable and the younger women will learn from us. I know there's so many young people that don't listen to the older generation these days, but there are still young people that do want to learn from older people because they see, okay, they're wiser. They got to that place in their life, not by accident. So they do want to learn. So that's one thing I do want to encourage every woman who is over 40 and thinking you're too old to be helping younger women. No, you are the example and you need to be bold and stop being afraid. You write, as disciple makers, we love Jesus and we want others to know him. So that's the common thing that we have as women of faith. But how does this? help us to be confident Christian women. I thought when I first got started with the Confident Christian Women, I thought, oh, I need to have 20,000 people listening to my podcast every week in order to make a difference. I need to have 40, 50,000 followers in order to make a difference. That was lies that I had to let go of and realize, no, one person, because everything that I'm pouring into that person in a good way is going to affect them. And then they're going to go pour it out into other people. It's just going to multiply. I don't have to worry about what I'm doing as a woman of God. If I'm mentoring one person or three ladies in a Bible study or whatever it is, I can be confident. That's what God has placed for me to do. Whatever, that's what I'm doing. And doing my podcast, no matter how many women listen, if there's just one woman, that listens, then I'm okay with that. And, and you have to be okay with that if you're on social media, if you have a podcast, if you're doing Bible study, whatever it is, and know that that's what God has given you to do. And you may never speak to 10, 20, 30,000 women in a big conference or something. It's okay. You're making a difference in every life that God gives you. I was going to say every person Every woman of God that has poured into me over the past 40 years since I first came to Christ, I'm thinking, wow. And all the people that I've poured into, they've been a part of that. I mean, isn't that awesome? I guess what you're doing here, you know, and I do have to remember that too, that it's for the one person that God had in mind for you to connect with, to mentor with, to disciple with. And to share with and to comfort or encourage. I love reminding people that Jesus hung out with 12 men, okay? 
But what happened on the day of Pentecost? Thousands were added because of one person preaching. And that's just the same with us. We may spend time with just a few women, but we don't know what God's going to do through those women. We definitely need to make sure our confidence does not come from numbers in every part of our life when it comes to making disciples, because that is what we're here for. We are our mission on earth until we die is to make disciples, no matter how old you are. So with your, uh, your mission, with what you're doing, so you wrote your book and you have your podcast. What does a day look like for you? When you don't do interviews, podcasting is much easier on the days. So when on the day, when I am recording the podcast and it's just me speaking, those days are much easier because there's not a lot to, you don't have to worry about editing and different things as much. Um, I will say one of the biggest things is Bible study because I am an empty nester. I don't work outside the home. So I do have time to do Bible study. I do have time to listen to praise music and write things down. I want to encourage people, don't lie to yourself and say you'll remember it. If you have a thought or an idea or something, write it down. Keep a little notebook, get a composition book, write those things, write your thoughts down because that's how the Confident Christian Women podcast started when I started writing the book because the book was going to be a blog post. And then it was like, wait, this is way more. This is a book. So then the book turned into a podcast. And but just start writing your thoughts down. Keep that composition book handy. I do the women's Bible study at our church Friday morning because there are some of us that are mature and we don't like to drive at night. We do that. And mentoring, I do mentoring the one young lady right now. I'm mentoring her on Friday after Bible study. It's good because I've been encouraged and uplifted by my peers. And then I get to go be with her. But I I will tell women, no matter whether you're working, don't think that if you don't get up in the morning. Yeah, it, it, perfect world. You get up in the morning. First thing, you have your coffee and your time in Bible study. But some people, it doesn't work out that way. You get up at 5.30. Like my best friend gets up at 4.30. She's a school teacher. And she does do her devotions in the mornings, which is, I'm amazed at her. She gets up and does Bible study. But not everyone can do that right away. You have kids to get ready. You have this and that. So make your own time. Figure out what works for you best. If it's in the evening, when the kids are in bed, or if you don't have kids, if it's just in the evening after work, you have to definitely make time to be fed by the word of God, because feeding yourself, we get fed all day from so many wrong things or so many secular things, you know, with the politics and all the things going on in the world, we have to make sure that we get fed. So figure out if it's during your lunch break, do that. But I, no one has the perfect looking Bible study day. And we're not all podcasters, even though we may talk about God like all the time. It doesn't mean that we are not cleaning our house, cooking food, looking up recipes, going shopping, doing laundry, just doing things that are normal. And that's something if anybody's wanting to thinking about a podcast or writing a book, I want them to think about that, that 
don't assume that people that do this do it 40 hours a week. That it does not take as much time as they may think. You know, because they may have a message that God wants them to speak, but they're afraid to start. I, I just want to encourage whoever. There's probably somebody listening that needs to hear that. And so like how you're playing to fill up with the word. That's the most important thing. And then whatever God calls you to do. Here, um, anything else um, that you're doing um, that you would like to talk about or you'd like to tell people about? I don't know if I mentioned the name of the Instagram handle, and I know you were probably listed anyway, but the shell gets, it's shell underscore health gets healthy. That's the one I started um, at the beginning of the year, just sharing foods that I'm eating. And I am, just so in case people are curious, I am doing Weight Watchers um, and I do love it. it. I feel very free because I can eat pretty much anything. And I just share real life over there. And I'm on the Confident Christian Women, but when it comes to eating right and just exercising and being older, and doing these things. I do want to encourage women. I'm not trying to sell a product. I'm not selling a weight loss product or a shake or anything. I am a natural born encourager. <laughs> so I love that it's helping other women because I have a couple of private groups where women we're sharing each other's stories and encouraging each other with food and different things and working out women my age. I just enjoy that because it helps me stay accountable. And that's one of the biggest things that when you're doing something for your health and your spiritual health, it's good to be accountable to, to someone else. And there are two podcasts or does the podcast like have one day confidence, another day wellness. So the Confident Christian Women podcast is one podcast and it's a mixture of both on it, but it's about struggling like last week it was healing is not in the mirror and us looking in the mirror when we do lose weight and we get compliments from people or we change our hair or something about our face or whatever and we get compliments well those same people would be the ones who would in, you know easily insult us or notice that oh they've gained weight so we can't get our confidence from the mirror when we're losing weight and getting healthy and strong we just need to be doing it because we need to feel good and we need to be an example to others. One of the biggest things, as I'm saying this, I want to emphasize, I wear size 18. And I probably, at the smallest, I might get to a 14, but I could care less about getting to a smaller size. I want to just be the size. I might It might be 16. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about what the scale says. I want to be where I feel physically good i feel strong and healthy and that is my main goal because i don't want people to ever think that i'm pushing oh you need to be a certain size or i want to be what i was back in high school yeah no i had to starve myself to be what i was in high school <laughs> so i don't want to do that um, it's good to read stories like yours about how you would pose the camera of like <laughs> i know seriously you i when i first got on social media i would pose it because it makes you look smaller. And so I'm thinking, this is so fake, but I'm doing it anyway. That's how it was when I did that. And because I was so embarrassed of my body, yet I would go out in public, go to church and thinking, okay, so either I've got the wrong followers following me on social media that I'm so worried 
Because if you can't be yourself with the people that you're connected to, there's a problem. The fact that when you start showing your real self, that's when you start really getting people listening to you because people want to see somebody more like them. Right. You know, and, and we all, across the board, men and women struggle with this. Because, like you said, we live in the world, and then we're also spiritual. But we can't act as if we're not influenced by the world. And and so that's still back to the, what is it? The, in the world, but not in of the, the world, world, but not of the world, right? You know, which is it's very difficult because we are flesh. And yes. it's just, but if we arm ourselves with God's word... And truth, then we can persevere for, through it all. Amen. But we can find you. Where can we find Michelle? All right. On Instagram, Confident Christian Women. And the other one is C H E L E, Shell underscore gets healthy. So those are the two places you can find me. And the links to the podcast are in the link that's in both of those bios on there so you can go to the podcast i'm on apple and spotify and it's confident christian women also on there at one time it was woman where is your confidence that's how i got the title of the book but i changed the podcast to so it would match the instagram so it'd be easier for people to remember confident christian women so on spotify or apple and i am on youtube i do not have a big following because i haven't been doing a lot on there, but I lately, but I, I past a couple of weeks, the Lord's been dealing with me that I will do more on the YouTube channel also. And that is confident Christian women over there. I want to thank you so much for um, joining me here today in my audience. And we're so blessed to have you. And thank you. Thank really. Thank you for all the work you're doing to help women reclaim their God-given beauty their bodies, their confidence, and helping us move forward. Thank you. And you're making me cry in a good way. I just, I thank you for letting me speak. And I'm just so grateful that God has helped me. And I want that I'm brave enough to share it. And that's what I do want to thank God, because that is, that is all him helping me to share that, because some people would be embarrassed to share their struggles, but I thank God for giving me just the freedom to do that. So thank you for letting me be here and share.